Hi, I'm Brett Terpstra, and this is Systematic on 5x5. Bandwidth for November has been provided by Joyent, the only cloud service that's purpose-built to power today's real-time web and mobile applications. Joyent offers the most cost-effective public and hybrid cloud solutions available today. Here at 5x5, we host all of our web and app servers in the Joyent cloud, so we highly recommend you check them out and sign up for a free trial at Joyent.com. My guest this week is Dr. Pamela Peek, an internationally renowned physician, scientist, and an expert in the fields of nutrition, metabolism, stress, and fitness. She's the chief lifestyle expert for WebMD's 90 million uh, users, and she writes, speaks, and appears on major media networks more often than I could list right now. Welcome to Systematic, Dr. Peek. I am real happy to be here. We're happy to have you. You have had... Uh, a lot of areas of expertise uh, across the scope of of fitness and nutrition, and uh, and you've you've moved into some talk about uh, some more psychological, I guess, scientific uh, research on addiction. But let's start off talking about uh, nutrition in general. What right. is what is the uh, what is the most common American issue? If you had to pick one thing that you think would affect the most people, what would you talk about? Complete, utter cluelessness about how to be able to uh, eat well uniquely for that individual. Uh, What we've been doing for years and years, uh, Brad, has been this cookie-cutter approach uh, based upon the fact that there was no science to be able to clarify that every single person out there is different. You come in with your own epigenome. I'm going to describe what that is. Everyone knows what their genome is. That means you just have a string of genes that you were born with. Um, But the epigenome is the hottest new science that really helps us understand nutrition now um, going forward into the 21st century. The epigenome means everything that goes on around epi, the gene, that helps the gene now message to the rest of the body. So if I eat a ho-ho, you know, kind of a science fair project, something that has no natural food in it, then the gene then messages to the rest of the body, erode the immune system, increase inflammation, and basically it's all bad things. If, however, I eat an apple, uh, then the, the gene scripting is completely different. It's incredible, Brett. This, this takes place on a nanosecond by a nanosecond basis because it's not just nutrition. It's every thought we have, every step we take physically or the steps we don't take, um, and every single thing that we put in our mouth. So it's mind, mouth, and muscle. Uh, and it all goes hand in hand, sort of an integrative approach. So the hottest new thing, if you want to learn more about it, just go to uh, roadmapepigenomics.org, and then you'll be able to understand uh, what this is all about as it relates to you. I don't know if you know this, but where we're going now on the bleeding edge is there are now companies out there. I'm thinking of one in particular, Body Sync, S-Y-N-C, where you could do a DNA swab of yourself, just, you know, swab the inside part of your cheek, send it in, 
And what they do is they will tell you what your DNA looks like in terms of your proclivity toward needing um, a more of a higher carbohydrate or higher fat diet based upon genetic tendencies that you were already born with. I mean, how cool is that? My wife, my wife just did um, uh, 23andMe. Have you heard of that one? Oh, yeah. It's the same thing. It's exactly the same thing. 23andMe, Body Sync, and a lot of them are now just putting it out there and helping you understand, um, you know, uh, you yourself uniquely. So in in sort of the, the medieval days, people, I don't care who you were, male, female, you all got thrown some kind of bizarre 1,200 calorie low fat diet and, and told that's the way to drop weight. Well, that's so last year. We don't do this anymore. We're now really sitting down and listening to your medical history, your personal history, how much physical activity you do, what do you do for a living, you know, everything that's sort of epigenetic, meaning environmental, lifestyle choice, etc. And then we customize what kind of fuel, as it were, you need. So is it, you know, we've got three macronutrients, carbohydrate, fat, and protein. What we're learning now is uh, protein is king. That protein satiates. It really fills you. It cuts carb cravings. It's great stuff, especially in combination with fiber. Who knew, right? And so many people, especially women, um, under-eat protein big time. And so by doing so, they just shoot themselves in the foot. They're dropping muscle mass, and muscle mass is where it's at. If you really want to burn up calories, um, those are the cells in your body that are hot little calorie burners. So you want to hold on to those like there's no tomorrow. Um, and then obviously fat and carbohydrate, as we're looking at that, carbohydrate, whole foods. How many times do I have to smack everyone's head out there with this? Avoid science fair projects, all right? So if it comes in a big bag and a big box, run. If it, you know, people are just now looking at whole foods, fruits, vegetables, whole grains that basically are natural and help support you. And when it comes to fats, long gone are the days where people would just, you know, run from any form of fat. That's ridiculous. There are incredibly healthy fats out there that are once again, really, really satisfying so a small amount of a very healthy fat, um, for instance, um, uh, virgin, uh, extra virgin olive oil is fabulous stuff for you. Bring it on. Um, and, you know, uh, those kinds of fats. How about the fat from an avocado? Yeah, you know, that's the best thing on the planet. So those things will really fill you up, make you feel fantastic. And it's just, you know, fewer calories but higher quality so when you put all this together, what you have is sort of the new way to be able to do nutrition, Brett. So let's talk a little bit more about science projects. You said earlier that uh, that it, it messages to your uh, your your cells to shut down immune system. Is that basically they they detect processed food? No. What happens is this: the gene is is command central in your body. Okay. So you, you have a, lots and lots of genes, needless to say. So that particular gene, let's just say it's a gene that may uh, control blood sugar, right? Because all these genes are working in concert. There's one controlling you know, cholesterol, one controlling uh, blood sugar, et cetera. So if I eat like a, you know, a, a frosting from a cake, 
Now, again, I'm, I'm simply using this as an example for many people having frosting on a cake is no big deal. You just have a little birthday cake. You call it a day and you go and live your life. Other people, it just sets them off on a binge. But we'll be talking about that later. So if I just have a big wad of refined sugar, then the there are these proteins called histones that hang around um, and circulate around your, your gene. And they pick that up. They're like little monitors. And they say, whoa, you know, tsunami of refined sugar coming your way. Now, refined sugar is not natural. I, you know, I don't break anyone's heart out there, but the white stuff is not natural. The dark stuff is, you know, real cane sugar is dark. Molasses right. is dark. I mean, this is normal. But when we, and I, it's sort of, you know, the, the wrong term here, refined, sort of unrefine it, uh, you know, regular sugar, we take out every single nutrient it has, we strip it down to nothing, we leave you with this pile of white stuff that's, you know, 50 calories a hit. I mean, what? So when your body gets that, your gene says, whoa. And then what it does is it messages to the rest of the body, you know, turn that pancreas on hyperdrive because it's really going to have to crank insulin like there's no tomorrow to be able to catch up with the tsunami of, of white stuff entering your body because insulin has to manage all of this. You do this enough times and your pancreas is finally going to say, screw this, I'm not doing this anymore. And then you have, voila, type 2 diabetes because mm. now you've got way too much sugar circulating around without getting scarfed up by the insulin and managed. And this is this is why perpetual hammering of one's body is not the world's greatest thing to do here. And while this is going on, Brett, there are so many other complex processes going on. What you don't want is anything that increases inflammation throughout the body. Eating science fair projects does. Why? The body takes this science fair project, and I, that's my term, by the way, because um, the way I feel about it, uh, and it says, what, what is this? How am I supposed to process something that's not natural? It, it, puts, it stresses the body. It increases inflammation throughout the body. Um, we now understand that cancer, for instance, is a pro-inflammatory process. We understand that heart disease is a pro-inflammatory process. Inflammation is, is everything in the body. You want to reduce it as low as possible. And eating science fair projects is not the way to go. That that seems to make sense to me. Um, let's let's jump and talk about the tech that you've seen in your your research and your job. You sent me a picture of some brain scans. Which it, it, do you deal a lot with um, high tech medical technology? High tech technology. Yeah, I mean, do you see a lot of tech in in your job? Yeah, and, and this is, <clears throat> let me explain to everybody. For the longest period of time, we've looked at what goes on in the head as some big black box. We kind of get some indirect associations and a few direct. So if I do an EEG, an electroencephalogram on your head, I'm kind of looking at the waves, you know, the brain waves, what's yeah. going on. So, you know, for things like seizures and whatever, and then also sleep issues, uh, sleep studies, et cetera. So we're, we're kind of looking there. We've always had skull x-rays, but that's like the, you know, the grossest form of all of this. All that really does is show you, you know, uh, the, the hardcore structures in there, like your, your skull and your bones, <laughs> et cetera. But that's kind of, it's very crass and crude, all right? Then we had CAT scans. CAT scans are very helpful, needless to say. You look at strokes and, you know, hemorrhages in the brain and trauma, 
you know, fractures of the skull, et cetera. We can definitely see that. Then you, then we started developing MRIs, and these are magnetic resonance imaging. And with this, we can really drill down and way far beyond what a CAT scan can do. And we can actually see small, small, small structural changes that are easily missed by CAT scan. Um, and this is all great, but uh, these are mostly static, meaning that it's just one time, boom, I got a CAT scan. It's a picture. Well, we've always thought it would be really cool is to see something in real time. How cool is that? So then we developed something called the functional MRI, meaning that I'll put someone inside uh, an MRI machine and, you know, we'll see their brain, et cetera. Then we'll do something to them. We'll show them something, for instance, that's highly rewarding. You know, like a, uh, it, we'll know that person well. So, for instance, uh, it might be somebody who really resonates well with beautiful sunsets. We'll show them a beautiful picture of a sunset, a killer sunset. And then what we'll do is hone in on the reward center of the brain. And we want to see what happens structurally, nanosecond by nanosecond, while that person is actually seeing the sunset. And we could actually watch organic changes take place. This is like really, really cool stuff. Yeah, that is pretty Um, cool. Yeah, it's like a video. It's like, whoa, what's happening there? What I sent you, uh, Brett, was a PET scan. And that's a static image. Um, One time, we could actually do this um, on a a more real-time basis as well. But that picture is just stunning. The nice thing about PET scans, these are positron um, tomography, um, t- posit- bleh, positron emission tomography, PET, PET scans. And what this allows us to do is, number one, get the coolest colorful scans you'll ever see in your life. <laughs> I actually use that uh, scan on television a number of times because it's jaw-dropping. Um, don't let me forget to tell you about the, uh, the recent study about Oreos. Um, when I use that uh, scan again, it, I did a recent nightline on ABC only a couple of weeks ago. Um, and what you're looking at there is inside a brain, we can now light up your reward center using radionucleotides. In other words, things that light you up. And um, I mean, these aren't going to harm you in any way because it's just a small amount. And then your body basically, you know, uh, gets rid of it in no time at all. But what it does is it tags something. And when we, when we give a particular radionucleotide, um, in this case, we tag uh, dopamine receptors inside the reward center. Now, dopamine, everyone probably knows, is that cool pleasure and reward uh, uh, neurotransmitter or brain chemical that just gushes out when we're feeling good. You know, it's what happens when we fall in love. Man, you are like 99.9% dopamine. You can't remember your name. You're bumping into walls and, you know, you're rocking and rolling here. This is when you got quite a bit of it, you know, going on. And it feels so good. It's also what happens in addiction. And um, you get that feeling of, ooh, it's like over-the-top uber reward. So let's just go back to the guy who in the PET scan is looking at the sunset. This is the normal control. What you're going to see is that the reward center lights up in a red orange. That's the color that you're supposed to see when dopamine links up with its receptor. See, Brett, these, these brain chemicals can't do anything without first linking up with their receptor. 
It's like, click, you're in the receptor, boom. Now you really feel the reward. It feels so good. And so you could actually see that in that red orange. These dopamine receptors are supposed to be all over the reward center. Now I want you to look now at the cocaine abuser, the cocaine addict, and then the person who is a food addict. Now their two brains are are uh, to the right of the normal. And what you're actually going to see there is almost nothing lights up. And they're indistinguishable. If I put an alcoholic next to them, I put a methamphetamine, sex addict, uh, a gambler, believe it or not, every single one of those addictive, active addiction brains looks precisely the same. Lesson, addiction does precisely the same thing in the, in the brain. What's it doing, Brett? What the heck? Why isn't it lighting up like the normal guy? That's because the number of dopamine receptors is seriously reduced. Now, why would that happen? It's because of the body's number one prerogative. It's its primal prerogative, survival. Hey, let's uh, let's take a quick sponsor break and then talk exactly about um, about addiction and, and what you're heading into right now. Cool. Our first sponsor is Hover.com, Simplified Domain Management. You've probably registered a domain with a company that just wants to sell you services you're not interested in when all you want is a domain name. Hover makes it easy. Just type in a few keywords and Hover will figure out some available domains using those terms for you like magic. There are a lot of .whatever choices out there, but Hover has some really good ones, like .net. .net is a popular extension, but still has so many domain names available, you can get the one that you're looking for. The coolest part is that it naturally stands for Internet. Hover just keeps getting better because they now offer Google Apps. You can now add Google Apps to, to a new domain or one you already own on Hover. Here's the deal. You get everything you already love about the full suite of Google's productivity apps. Gmail, Calendar, Drive, Docs, the whole package. But you know Google's a huge company, and it can be hard to get a hold of for your questions, concerns, and support needs. That's the best part. You get everything you love about Google Apps, but with the outstanding support of the team at Hover. People already love and trust Google Apps for Gmail's 25 gigabyte storage and how easy it is to collaborate with chatting, file sharing, and it's a great solution for business, but also for families and groups who want the ability to share all kinds of stuff. If you're still not quite sure Google Apps is for you, they're offering a 30-day free trial to see what you think. Hover has real human beings available for support, and their number is right on the front page of their website. If you have any problems, just pick up the phone and call. Use the code DANSENTME or visit Hover.com slash DANSENTME, and you'll get 10% off of everything you buy from Hover.com. Okay, so um, I don't know if you read The Onion the kind of satirical newspaper. Yeah. Yeah. But they recently, uh, on October 16th, they had an article titled Oreos as addictive, as addictive as cocaine among rats. And it says a recent study from Connecticut college found that more neurons were activated in the pleasure center of lab rats brains when they ate Oreos than when they were exposed to morphine or cocaine. And at the time I read this, I thought that's, you know, funny. And there's a comment that says, Eating an entire line of Oreos makes you feel super confident, which is, you know, a a nod to cocaine's euphoric effects. So what you're saying is basically this this uh, farce is spot on. Absolutely. Um, I actually uh, did a Nightline ABC segment on this very topic 
um, because this is right up my alley, as they say. Let me explain exactly what happened. Remember I told you about epigenetics. I said that there are certain genes out there, and we we can monitor what happens with these genes. Um, and so what these uh, researchers did was they went for one particular gene in the uh, reward center of the brain. It's called CFOS, F-O-S. Um, all the genes have these cool names. Um, and so they looked specifically at CFOS, knowing that it was one of the most important genes in the reward center. So then they injected morphine in the rat. Boom, CFOS just lit up, right? Um, and it went through specific changes. We call them methylations, right? Then um, they went ahead and uh, gave the, um, uh, the rat um, cocaine and CFOS lit up and did precisely the same thing as the morphine. All of this is to be expected. Ah, but then they went ahead and, um, and they actually did two other things. They, they offered the uh, rat some rice cakes, which are basically really boring and nothing lit up because they had to have a control for that because it's boring. It's like, ugh, you know, and the rats didn't, were uninterested. Then they went to the Oreo place, and when the uh, rats were exposed to the Oreo, uh, it was very interesting. They ate the uh, entire cookie, but in, in uh, uh, subsequent experiments with the same rats, they literally tore apart the cookie and went right for the filling, um, just like we do, because they're not stupid. They know exactly where the greatest reward is. It's in that filling where you get that sugary, fatty um, uh, food combo. So... When they had the Oreo, CFOS not only lit up, it lit up more than morphine and cocaine, which is exactly what I would have expected to. <laughs> I mean, I was really happy with that. Uh, it affirms everything we've been looking at in uh, the field of food and addiction. Uh, so uh, true to form, um, this is exactly what's happening. And this is just one more study in a whole host of new studies over the course of the last year or so that have uh, been adding more pieces to the puzzle of the exact relationship between food and addiction. Very interesting. Um, I have a, a an addictive personality. This has been uh, evident throughout my life. Uh, are, is there is there um, a difference between uh, myself and what I consider a normal person who doesn't deal with the tendencies I do? Is there a proven uh, 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 in the brain, is there a proven difference between addicts and normal people? That's a really excellent question. Um, this is, there's no, uh, pat answer to this, uh, Brett. I wish I could say why, of course. And, uh, you have X versus Y. Uh, it's not that simple. It's very complex. But what I will tell you are some of the pieces of the puzzle we have, uh, thus far. Um, one of the things we have found is that people um, who have addictive personalities, right, um, can pick this up a number of different ways. One, genetically, look deeply in your family, right? Uh, very important to look for signs of addiction because that is most definitely passed down. Um, and in some families, it's, it's quite profound. Uh, this also leads to things like cross addictions. So it's not just one addiction, it's maybe a host of addictions, cigarette smoking, alcohol, and drug abuse, or, you know, sex addiction and um, uh, stimulant abuse, but whatever. They're, they're all like, they're manifestations of the same exact There's no thing. question. Yeah. There's no question. So you've got, you've got that going on. You can also pick it up. If you're in just the right circumstances, especially 
in the early years of your life, we call it the brain slow growth period. And these are the years prior to the advent of adolescence. So those childhood years are times when the epigenome, as I explained before, is very vulnerable to being um, uh, changed rather dramatically. So I take a child who was never born with an addictive tendency in their life. And then um, I raise them in a family where everything they eat is a science fair project. It's what we call the hyperpalatables, sugary, fatty, salty food combos. It's all they get. They rarely ever get any natural foods or back and forth. If there is a very good chance, not a guarantee, that that child, as they grow up, will have developed a strong association between specific foods, usually the hyperpalatables, and addiction. You see, I could play this a lot of different ways. So you've got the environmental, you've got the genetic, and Brett, there's a great um, saying that is practically in everything I write, and that is, genetics may load the gun, but epigenetics pulls the trigger. Hmm. And so there you have it. And there are other personality traits and psychological issues that go on. There are people we have found um, who have addictive-like behaviors in life. And it could be anything. I mean, they could be, you know, sucking down 12 Cokes a day um, or any kind of soda, sugary, you know, caffeinated soda. They could be smoking. They could be doing more alcohol than they care to believe, et cetera, et cetera. But one of the things we find that is the hallmark of the Achilles heel of addiction is, an, is, is a problem with stress resilience such that um, the ability to adapt and adjust to life's ever-changing environment and stresses is somewhat hampered. So with people like this, what we do is we really spend a tremendous amount of time uh, strengthening the one place in the brain that will be your savior. And that is the, uh, the second part of the brain that's also hammered by addiction. And that is the prefrontal cortex. Tap your forehead. It's right behind there. And that is the command central for executive function. How do you strengthen that? Oh, my gosh. Here's where I got great news. Um, Number one, one of the first things you do is uh, you do meditation. No, I haven't gone earthy crunchy on you. I'm talking about hardcore epigenetic science. We have shown that you increase the ability of the prefrontal cortex, kind of what I call the smarty pants part of the brain. In its overall performance, in uh, reigning in impulsivity, irritability, um, the uh, it, impatience, um, and ramping up vigilance, mindfulness, uh, the ability to strategize, organize, stay on track, all of this increases with the regularity of meditation. Now, what kind of meditation? No, you don't have to join a you know Buddhist colony here. Um, actually it's any kind of meditation that increases mindfulness. So and, one so example of that. Oh, well, for instance, um, you could look at, uh, uh, John Cabot Zinn, Z-I-N-N, Zinn's work. Um, one of the best books is Full Catastrophe Living. He's done a great job with that. You could use uh, the relaxation response by, um, uh, Herbert Benson at the Harvard Mind Body Institute. You know, one of my favorites, very simple. Easiest book on the planet, The Miracle of Mindfulness by Thich Nhat 
Hahn, H-A-H-N, and they also have incredible uh, audiobooks. Thich Nhat Hahn is the uh, most um, revered of the uh, of the Buddhist monks um, worldwide who have really helped us with mindfulness. Um, and uh, really, it's just as simple as, as heck. Again, this is non-denominational. Uh, we have everyone everywhere doing this stuff. Um, because it's that important. Transcendental meditation is another one that works like a charm. Um, you have to be taught how to do that. So you just go to tm.org and, and they'll help you with that. But what we're finding is that most people out there, Brett, do not turn inward. You're sure. always, you know, tapping into everybody else. Like, how you doing and what it is and whether it's your friends, your coworkers, whatever. But when do you turn in? So what I do is I take all the mystery and the mysticism and all the crap out of that, and I simply say, close your eyes and say the following words. Yo, how's it going? So, I mean, how simple is that? I, uh, like, I used to be, back early high school, late middle school, I, t- I spent a lot of time being inward and, and really considering what I was doing. And then... It was it was early, early high school. In fact, late middle school when I started using alcohol to kind of um, not have to think about that stuff. And that went on for, you know, 15 years. And I think I think the hardest part for me right now is that once I got clean and stopped, you know, doing the narcotic addiction stuff, going back to being able to turn inward has been really difficult. Like people constantly talk to me about meditation and a lot of the top app picks on this show have been meditation apps and I've never been able to start. How do you get people to start looking inward and, and meditating? All right. So what you're doing, Brett, is a mistake that a lot of people do and they don't know it. Um, and that is you're thinking too much. Fair enough. No, you are um, because you're a really, really, really smart person. So your second career is to, you know, overthink everything that comes within 100 miles of you. Um, and that's that's the normal thing. So what I would do if I were you is is just go to a place in your mind where you just be. That's really hard to do. I know. And you got to. It's very simple. The 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 way to enter into this, Brett, is to just concentrate on your breath. That's how I fall asleep at night. It's the only way exactly. I can fall asleep at night. Exactly. Concentrate on your breath. There's something John Kabat-Zinn does, and it's uh, called the total body scan. And that's actually really cool to do because you're not thinking about anything. All you're doing is just taking every single anatomical part of your body, starting with your tippy toes, and working your way up to a total body relax. And that is a beautiful way to do the early stages of what we call transcendence. Transcendence involves no thinking, nothing. See, too many of these meditative um, methodologies are all about now stare at a candle and, you know, think deeply. No, 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 stop all that. Turn yourself to a place where you just, you're not a human doing anymore. You're a human being. You're just being. You ever just sat there and just, you know, just you were, you just, ah, you smelled the fresh air, closed your eyes and you just were, you just celebrated being. That's the first step to really going inward in a very safe way for you. 
what you just described, the full body scan is yeah. that is exactly what I do every night before I go to sleep. But then I sleep and my brain is quite active when I sleep. So when you hit this, you know, being point, do you, it, your subconscious is free to do what it wants, right? I mean, you can't yes. stop that. Yes, but one of the things you're doing is um, you're tagging every single thought. So here comes a thought, okay? And your your to-do list is, you know, ever-expanding in your brain and all the things you want to think about because you're very, very bright, right? And what you're doing is you're tagging each one. Oh, let me think about that. Ooh, got to stress about that one. Instead of doing this, try this sometime. Just simply, um, there's a beautiful way to do it. Just sometimes stand outside and look at a cloud. Watch a cloud go by. Just yeah. simply watch it. Again, okay? that's a thing I used to do. Right. Take take the idea, the thought, good, bad, or otherwise, that was just going by, and um, just put it up on the cloud. And just look at it third person, say, huh, it's a thought. And just watch it go by. And there's no thinking involved. You have to tag your thoughts right into that cloud. Um, just that hook them up to the cloud and let the cloud Walk off with it. That's End exactly the uh, the metaphor that uh, Pease is, which is actually uh, I've talked about before, and it's one of my top picks this week. But that's um, they they use that you know let your thoughts become clouds and just let it pass, let it just yeah. drift away. Well, I also have that three three uh, uh, three words that I always say all the time: let it go, let it go, just let it go. And then when you do, boom, you're out of here. See, it's, the, it's the best. I have no problem with letting go, but it has to be replaced by something. And that's kind of the story oh, do, do, of my do, do, life. Do, 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 no. Okay, now, all right, we're putting the brakes on that one, Brett. Um, no, it doesn't have to be replaced by anything. It has to be replaced. Um, what will happen if you do it right is you go to a higher level of enlightenment. It's called transcendence. That's why, you know, that one form of meditation is called transcendental meditation, because you literally take it to the highest level where you simply transcend all that silliness that those to do lists and the freak outs and the, oh, my God, and what am I going to do tomorrow or the shoulda, coulda, wouldas or what's going to happen tomorrow? You know, that's like, ugh. And, and it just basically passes by you and you go to a higher level where you just are. It is really a very blissful, peaceful place. And quite frankly, um, uh, some of the greatest minds around use it all the time. Um, Fortune 500 leaders, uh, you know, the titans of Wall Street, all the rest of them are now getting into this in a big way because they realize that all they're doing is cooking all their body dollars. They're just throwing them out the window with every single time they fret and freak out. It's a complete, utter waste of body dollars. It's a beautiful way to age yourself fast. Um, and there's a smarter way to go. You see, the mind is the final frontier. We've been playing around with how pretty our bodies are and all the exterior and whatever. And the interior, you know, how, how about that liver, you know, function, all the rest of it. Well, that's great and everything. What happened in the mind? You know, we just sort of, well, whatever. And we, and we just beat it up. And that's not the way this is supposed to be. Now we're finding that this is the greatest frontier of all, that Really, there is no mind and body, as you're well aware now. It's the mind-body because the receptors for almost everything that takes place in the, um, in the brain are located throughout the entire body. We didn't know that until the last 10 years. So we refer to it now as the 
mind body. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I did. I just got my uh, my sponsor reads in my email. So we'll take a sponsor break and I'll actually be able to read this one as part of the recording. Um, this week has been brought uh, to you by Shutterstock.com, where you'll find over 28 million images, stock photos, vectors, illustrations, and 1 million video clips. Start your search at Shutterstock.com to find that perfect image for your website, ad, publication, or any other creative project. Shutterstock.com gives you a global image collection to find images from around the world to suit your project. Choose between image packs and monthly subscription packages. Choose whatever fits your need and never have to compromise. If you need just one image for your blog or a mock-up, you can do that too. Every time you visit Shutterstock, you'll find something new since they add 20,000 new images every day and 12,000 videos every week. And it's more affordable than you think with no extra charge for large files. You can download any image at any size and pay only one price. They don't nickel and dime you for high-resolution images. If you need them, you can just take them. Easily curate and share pictures via light boxes. You can choose your favorite pictures or videos and add them to your own Lightbox gallery, or you can use their iPad app to do this, too. There's something called Enhanced License Access. If you like an image and you want to run it on print or swag for a trade show, they can get you an enhanced license for any image. They also have a huge library of vector icons, infographic templates, and video clips if you need any of those. If you need any help at Shutterstock.com, you get an account rep dedicated to you who will answer any questions and they have 24-hour support during the week. To sign up for a free browse account, go to Shutterstock.com, no credit card needed. When you find the images you like and decide to purchase, use the offer code DANSENTME1113 and get 25% off of any package you put together over at Shutterstock.com. All right, that brings us to our top three picks. So we'll go back and forth, and I'll let you uh, begin with your first pick of the week. Okay, my first pick of the week is Evernote and my wonderful Live Scribe Sky Smart Pen. This is cool because I could take that Smart Pen. It's got a USB and it's Wi-Fi. It's wonderful. And I can actually uh, grab the um, notebook that goes along with it. And as I go along, um, I'm... Uh, I no longer have to use what I've used for years, which is mountains and mountains and mountains of post-its. <laughs> we could basically put them out of business here. Um, and now I could take my notes um, and write them as I go along throughout the day and uh, uh, upload them, and I'm done. Um, and my Evernote, which I'm getting more and more used to, uh, is right there um, with all of the folders and the organization that I need to be able to find what I need instead of uh, wasting boatloads of time transcribing off uh, pieces of paper that I've got everywhere in my life. So um, I love this. Do you ever take notes with an iPhone? I mean, do you ever type your notes or do you do oh, better yeah. with writing? Well, actually, I do both. Okay. Um, so it really obviously depends upon where I am. If I can't really write because I'm kind of stuck in a strange and awkward place and all I have is an iPhone, I mean, I'll go with it. And and clearly I'll just, uh, you know, I'll whip up my uh, notepad, um, you know, the notes um, uh, yeah. piece. But then that gets uh, transcribed uh, and synced with Evernote. So it goes right in my Evernote anyway. So one way or the other, I'm ending up in Evernote. Okay. I, uh, I've tried uh, both. I I tend to end up taking notes on my iPhone, even though I can do it faster. And 
like you don't have to if you open up a notebook you don't have to flip to an app and you don't have to start typing you can just open your notebook and scribble um but i've never i've never i guess i'm really bad at taking notes on the go anyway but that sounds really cool i uh i may have to check that out how much yeah, are the notebooks me, um gosh i don't know um they're you know i i just don't know because i buy them in packs so sure um, I'd have to check that out for you. So I don't want to lie. So <laughs> I don't know what they cost. Fair enough. All right. Um, let's see. My first pick of the week is, as mentioned, uh, Pisa's Energizer. I've mentioned Pisa's Sleep before, but this uh, the Energizer is an iPhone app that lets you set a finite period of time, like, say, 30 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And then it gives you kind of uh, uh, the binaural beats mixed with, uh, relaxing music and talks you through a light sleep and then brings you back up gently to wake up at the time that you set. So it gives you a, a, a meditation kind of a nap where you don't fully go into like REM sleep. You just relax for, you know, I usually use 30 minutes and I found it works really well. Wow. Wow. You know, I'm not a nap person, I'm one of those, you know, strange persons, maybe sometime in my life I will be, but unless I'm half dead, um, you know, because of jet lag and strange things, I tend not to do it on a, on a routine basis. Um, and when I meditate, I do it with no music at all. Um, I do it, um, absolutely plain ambiance of wherever I am. I just like to, um, I like to get into the silence of it all, which is really cool. Um, but, uh, what's, what's really interesting is, uh, I watch my wonderful hubby, Mark, um, the, the, the techie of us, and he definitely uses that and he naps like there's no tomorrow. Actually, I think it's his second career. So <laughs> I could be wrong. <laughs> See, the thing is, uh, for, if you have a fear of silence, this is a great way to start getting used to, uh, relaxing and letting thoughts go. And then yeah. once you do it for a while. I, I can now nap without pieces. Wow. And I, you know, like I basically I've memorized the process and I can let go and just let the process happen. And, uh, and then the only thing I have to consciously think about is not thinking is, is yeah. letting thoughts go as they come up, you know, and I just have to play like gatekeeper there. But beyond that, you, you can, it's, it's a gateway to being able to just do it on your own. Totally cool. You know, I mean, like I said, there are countless, you know, pathways to the door of transcendence and, um, you know, uh, meditation. And so pick yours. And you've done a really great job with that one. My uh, next choice is something kind of right up my alley. And uh, it's really kind of cool. You got to see it to believe it. Um, it's called I Muscle. And I Muscle uh, is is very cool for the following reasons. One is most people have a, are utterly, absolutely clueless about their body. Um, and if they want to get up and they want to start flexing and, and stretching a little bit and maybe actually going out and doing something radical like taking care of their body and walking and maybe getting into something at the gym or otherwise, um, most people stumble along because uh, they just don't know. Another black box thing. What I love about eye muscle is that you could choose anywhere in the body. And what it'll do is you get this beautiful, um, almost like an avatar, 
of a body and uh, it's all it, it exposes all muscles and looks really cool and then it'll pinpoint the particular muscle you like and it'll give you 10 different options about how you might want to stretch and strengthen that muscle and it does every single one of the exercises so you simply watch it so you you know many times i've just taken it to the gym and now i'm an experienced athlete but even i like to you know uh change it up every now and then and um i flip it on and i'm right there i mean i'm listening to my music anyway on my iphone so i flip it over to iMuscle and i go wow that's really cool i think i'll try that and it's really easy to use so i recommend iMuscle that sounds pretty cool. I'm really good at watching exercise. <laughs> well, let's just take it to step two. It's like doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, wait a minute now. Let me tell you one other thing. When you asked me um, at one point, how do you strengthen that prefrontal cortex? I told you uh, meditation was one of the most powerful ways. But raise your hand, Brett, and all the rest of you out there, if you want a bigger brain. You heard me right. Well, as it turns out, physical activity, notice I did not use the E word, exercise. I said physical activity, like even activities of daily living, just getting up and rocking and rolling, assuming the vertical. And it'd be really fun if you actually put some uh, effort into it too, like, you know, really get into it. But all through the day, just staying physically active, guess what you're doing? You stimulate your brain all throughout the brain, especially the prefrontal cortex, to uh, uh, create more neural circuitry to supervene over the circuitry that ain't working so well, like the addictive circuitry, for instance. Okay, And when you do that, you're actually growing more neurons themselves. The neurons themselves um, are actually now picking up mass. We have found that in experiments when we can actually measure the size of certain parts of the brain. We did this once with the hippocampus, which is uh, where memory and cognitive learning is uh, housed. So we took 60-year-olds, just to prove the point that this never ends, took 60-year-olds, had them go out and do nothing more than their normal life and everything, but now they walked for a half hour to an hour a day. Okay, and they basically accrued that throughout the day, you know, 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, whatever. And then we looked at them about six months later, son of a gun, their hippocampus had grown between five to eight percent larger. Uh-huh. Hello. Um, and so if you want a bigger brain and hopefully one with better neuronal circuitry, cool. And here's something just as a little epigenetic side. The most lethal, as it were, um, and the most powerful of all of the obesity genes in a human being is called the F as in Frank, T as in Tom, O gene, the FTO gene. We took people who definitely um, had the FTO gene. We did DNA analysis. And we had them do, you guessed it, nothing more than walking. That's it. We didn't even mess with their nutrition. right? And during that period of time when they were walking, we were watching carefully with what happened to the FTO gene. Son of a gun, flash forward six months later, the FTO gene was dampened by 40%, deactivated by 40%. 40%. Can you imagine if we now throw in some greens, which are methyl donors that help methylate? We'd easily be over 50%, which means that you're not condemned to a life of being over 100 pounds over you know, average weight, you have huge, huge opportunity here. So physical activity is a big boy here. Um, nice. I, uh, I actually got a lifespan treadmill uh, about six months ago. I think it's been cool. six months. And, and I walk every day. Yay. 
And so my brain must be huge by now. Oh, no. You just keep stoking it, man. We're getting neural circuitry <laughs> right and left. I mean, you got more 405 highways in there. This is looking good in the neighborhood. Nice. All right. Well, my second pick, I, I'm out now of uh, of any kind of physical health picks. So I'm going to talk about the next thing I know. I got a, uh, a blue board uh, from iRig. I came multimedia. I came two days ago, and I've had a lot of fun with it. And what it is, is it's a, a Bluetooth controller uh with four foot pedals like a stomp box that you can use to control midi signals and therefore control like if you have a uh, amplitude or irig um what's the amp kit um amplitude or amp kit or anything like that on your phone that you can plug a guitar into you can now have four pedals to turn off on and off different effects boxes while you play without having to stop and tap your phone and it has been pretty spectacular the connections are really strong and it's super flexible because it's midi and in something like logic you can have that control just about any aspect of your music so that would be my second pick because i'm really impressed with uh irigs uh, the irig blue board well brett all i can say is i'm really happy for you (laughs) (laughs) you're not a musician huh uh, I am. It's it's called the Steinway Piano. I don't think I'm using nice. a whole lot of blue boards, um, but uh, there it is. Yeah, I played most of my life. Um, That's, it surprises me. It, it surprises me that you have time for music with all that you do. Uh, well, I'm I'm not playing this very second, <laughs> but let's just say when I visit my my parents' home in Huntington Beach, California, they've got the Steinway sitting right there. So. I'm more than happy to hammer out a few ones, and it's a little bit better than chopsticks, too. Sure. Um, All right. It's my turn. So I'm going to go right back to the body again. But, you know, we talked about nutrition, Brett, and I know a lot of people out there are saying, "Uh, I don't know what I'm eating. This is so confusing. Uh." Well, the best app on the planet, the best no-brainer for being able to track yourself and get a small clue as to what is going in your mouth is something called Lose it, L O S E I T. It's free, and it, and it's got big font, <laughs> and it's got a barcode reader in it, and this is all it's really good for. It's very cool. What it is is every single day, if you just just for grins, if you want to just surprise yourself for what you know, kind of wild and crazy things are going on in your nutrition, just track for about you know three four days, and it'll give you a full breakdown. You know, you hit preference and say you want to have a full macronutrient breakdown of everything from fiber to salt to whatever. It's a wild and crazy experience to really understand what you're doing to yourself, good, bad, or otherwise. Um, at the same time, you could also have it emailed to yourself or anyone else. You can share this on Facebook or with some of your best friends, however you want to play it. Um, when you're out and shopping, one of the old-fashioned things that used to make uh, tracking um, a nightmare was the fact they had to input all the data so last year. We don't do that anymore. They have a barcode reader. So you just stick your iPad or your iPhone right up to the product and it reads the barcode and boom, it inputs it immediately. You know what you're doing. Um, And it's very, very cool. At the same time, it acts like a little wallet. You know how you always want to have a balance? Okay, I spent some money. Now I've got, I deposited some money back and forth. It's not just about nutrition because it tracks your physical activity too in a very simple, gross way, right? So you have a general idea. So 
So let's just say, you know, you ate X number of calories. You ate uh, 1,500 calories, but you also cooked 400 calories, take a nice long uh, walk or maybe a walk run or whatever you did. Um, and um, now you can see, wow, this is pretty cool. No wonder I'm continuing to shed a few extra pounds. It's looking pretty good. But it gives you an idea. It's a reminder, an accountability thing about physical activity because people forget about it. It's like, whoops, you know, I want to be able to put a little, as it were, money in the bank with the calories that I'm banking every time I do a little physical activity. And then at the same time, I'm looking at the quality and quantity of what I'm putting in my mouth. Because after all, you got to be mindful of every mouthful. Nice. All right. That uh, that does sound like something that I would benefit from. I'm proud to say that most of my food doesn't have uh, barcodes on it. I get a lot from uh, the market and from the co-op. But uh, I assume you can also enter things manually. Oh, gosh, absolutely. I mean, that's like the, the basic in it. And obviously recipes, your own little concoctions, anything in there. It's very, very cool. You know, the guy who started this is a as a developer um, hanging around up in uh, Massachusetts, and it, he's never had a weight issue in his life. It's hysterical. When I found out about this, it was very fascinating. So I'm always fascinated with, you know, what motivates people to do these things, to come up with these apps. He just thought it'd be a cool idea. And a little did he know, um, he started a whole revolution with this thing. So very cool. Uh, I uh, tip my hat to him. Nice. All right. Well, my third pick is the opposite of meditation. It's uh, it's a game. And I, for a long time, I pretty much only played Letterpress and Super Monsters Ate My Condo. But I hit a score and Super Monsters Ate My Condo of 741 billion points. So I decided it was time to uh, switch to a new addiction, if you will. So uh, Temple Run 2 has been my my game of choice when sitting in the bathroom or uh, waiting for some someone in a, in a waiting room. It's a great little game that you can play for, you know, 30 seconds at a time, uh, you know, five minutes if you're good. And uh, it's it's very challenging, takes a while to get good enough at it to really get anywhere. But it's just easy enough to really uh, light up the pleasure receptors in your brain, I think. Wow, I just looked at it on uh, on my computer. It's got a little scary face on it. Yeah, um, yeah, it's got that little thing going. Although I must admit, um, the monsters eating my um, my uh, condo are, are pretty cool. Um, Mark and I once saw um, my uh, hubby and I once saw um, probably one of the worst movies, but it, it was so bad it was good. Um, and it was about a giant piranha. Um, in the uh, in the ocean, and what they would do is they would jump out of the ocean and just eat you. I mean, you know, it was hysterical. It was so low budget, you could practically see the little strings holding everything. And one, you know, was so big it just kind of went into a uh, an apartment building, and it was just chewing the apartment building. That's what I thought about. It was like, you know, those things work. Um, giant piranhas, uh, monsters eating your condo. I just like that. Somehow that just resonates. And, uh, yeah, well, Super Monsters 8 my kind of has always been appealing to me because of the uh, seizure-inducing graphics. It's oh, yes, absolutely. flashes no colors and lights at you, and that's it's like being in an arcade, but it's on your phone. But uh, Temple Run is a lot, uh, it's more, it, it's fast action, you have to have reflexes, just like uh, monsters, but it's, uh, it's less... Um, visually stimulating. It's it's a better game to play before I go to bed without uh, uh, kind of turning my brain into a flashing 
uh, monster itself. So, but how do you do that in the bathroom? I mean, you know, the sphincter is very special. You know, it's it's very difficult. You know, when you're all excited with monsters and and temple runs and stuff to rip. Well, anyway, I believe, digress. Believe me, I I can do it. <laughs> I can do it. All right. Our last sponsor today is Squarespace, uh, the all-in-one platform that makes it easy to create your own website. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code TURKEY. Squarespace is constantly updating their platform with new features, new designs, and more support. They have beautiful templates for you to start with and tons of style options for you to adjust so you can really create your own space online. Squarespace takes care of hosting, SEO, and even makes sure your site automatically looks great on any device. It's incredibly easy to use, but if you want some help, over 70 Squarespace employees are on the customer care team, which is based in New York City. Squarespace truly cares about design, and it really shows throughout their whole website, which they're always updating with fun new branding, and they've won numerous design awards. They have two really cool new features out. Audio Collections is a new tool for musicians. You can upload music directly to Squarespace and easily share your albums from your website, complete with a beautiful integrated player and album art display. Squarespace also has an amazing new 3D visualizer for shipping. This thing's really cool. They've taken all the factors of shipping into account by not only allowing you to enter your product weights and carrier options, but also implementing 3D packing algorithms to help understand the exact amount of order items that will fit into the boxes that you ship with. As I said earlier, you can try Squarespace for free, no credit card required. If you decide to purchase, it starts at just $8 a month and includes a domain name if you sign up for a year. And make sure to get 10% off and support the show by using the offer code TURKEY. So thanks to Squarespace for supporting 5x5 and Systematic. That brings us to the sign-off. Um... Let's see. You can be found on Twitter at Pam Peak MD. That's P E E K E. Is that right? That's right. Pam yeah. Peak. It's P E E K E M D. Yes. And uh, and also at drpeak.com. And that's D R P E E K E.com. I'm also on facebook.com slash pages slash doctor dash Pam dash P E E K E. All right. And uh, is there anywhere that you would want to direct people to find out more about you other than those? You no, know, just go to my website and you'll also hear about the book that I wrote about food and addiction. Oh, I forgot to mention in. your book. I know. I'm just a moment. I'm wiping my tears. Um, and uh, it's called The Hunger Fix. And it became a New York Times bestseller when I launched it. And it's now become the number one consumer book on food and addiction across the country it explains the science and also how you get out of this mess nice and uh and i meant to lead off the second block with that but it will definitely be at the top of the show notes all right all right yeah and i am brett terpstra and i am tt scoff everywhere online and uh we will be back in one week thanks for listening thanks for listening